RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Hi, welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. I'm here today again in beautiful RFC Studios, my good friend Brian. Hey Dusty, how's it going? Brian, I'm doing well. And we're about to listen to the third episode of our Vampire the Masquerade campaign. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, actually. I really enjoyed the, the last session, uh, I think, because I was exposed to some ideas that I hadn't thought about, again, not playing this system. So um, remind us, though, like what happened in, in sessions one and two real quick. Sure. So, so far, session one, the or episode one, session zero, uh, Nathan and Chris introduced their characters. And then in episode two, they actually met Jack and learned a little bit more about the broader world of Vampire the Masquerade, including some of the clans and some of the rules. And then here in episode three, we'll actually get to some combat. Oh, wow. Yeah. So content warning for combat, I suppose. Death and killing. All the all the usual murder hobo RPG fun stuff. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's give it a listen. Well, I can think of a way for you to convince the prince that you're a neonate. Okay. But it's gonna involve getting into a pretty serious fight. So when we say fight, like, are we talking like vampire power or kindred power fight, or are we talking about like, uh, like, fisticuffs? We're talking about the two of you generic vampires taking on a full-blooded bruja. I don't, I don't like the way that you say generic. It makes me feel inferior. It's this is better death, right? That's kind of what we're looking at here. But let's go non-death. Let's do that. So okay. Let's do that. There's another tradition of destruction that says that you can't kill another vampire. It's off-limits. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's off-limits. Unless a blood hunt is called. A blood hunt is what's going to come down on your ears if anyone figures out what you are. And a blood hunt has been called on a Bruja fledgling. Seems he's gone and tried to stand himself up a little kingdom of ghouls outside the Camarilla's rules. The Bruja Primogen's not happy about it. If you find him first and you deliver his head, that should be enough to convince the prince that you're full-on neonates and not fledglings. Well, I guess we're going to have ourselves a Bruja Bruja. It just so happens I might know where to find him. You'll find Peter at the Robert Smith Municipal Park. He likes to gather his followers there. Was there more? There is. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, so Robert Smith Municipal Park? He gathers his followers, and they talk a little treason. They whip themselves up into a frenzy about the Camarilla. And tonight, he's going to try to call them together to figure out how to get himself out of Charlotte. If you get there... And soon, you'll catch him. Do you have any more questions for Jack? Yeah, can you just write down on directions? I don't know how to get there. I just need help. Someone outside will write directions for you. Okay, thanks. Uh, 
anything silver stakes, blunt trauma. I think I was actually wrong about the silver earlier. Um, okay, again, okay. my my okay. first ever game of Vampire, your first game of Vampire, we're winging it. Mm. What you want to do? Mm-hmm. Fledgling. Stake him. Cut his head off. That'll kill anybody. I would hope so. Okay. All right. If that's what we got to do. Um, do Don't you... worry. He's a fledgling, too. Do you guys have any weapons or anything that we could use? Because, in... I mean, right now I got, like... Some steak knives at home, but I don't think those are the types of steaks you well, need. Well, sure, but they're not free. Okay. Um, well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, do you take checks? Roll oh, a random God. d6. Six. You have $600 on you. Okay. Cash. I hand him up to $450, depending on what he tells me that it costs. He takes the $450. Shit. No, so how much are these stakes that you need? What, what you got? What, what weapons do you have? He pulls out a 357 Magnum. Done. And sets it on the pool table. And he says... $450. <laughs> Why did you take... You Actually, he, he would... Have in all honesty, it. he would say $500. Yeah. I will get... I have 450 cash. Well... Or I can do a $500 check. I'll take the 450. That's what I thought. Okay. Cool. All right. You now, you are now armed yep. with a 357 Magnum. Right. And he gives you a box of ammunition. The box of ammunition has 20 rounds in it. He wants to make sure that we succeed, right? Just talking out, out of character. He wants to make sure that we succeed because... Right? Make me a social roll. Oh, man. That's the one I don't have. One. But success. Okay. What each of you get one success. Mm-hmm. With one success, he's giving you an honest shot, but he's not giving you a sure thing. Right. He's not helping you. He's not sending any of his boys with you. He's not giving us an Uzi. He's not giving you an Uzi. Yeah. But he is helping you. Fair. But if you fail, he's lost nothing. You've reimbursed him for the gun and the bullets. So anything that we should know about the Bruja that you think would help us set ourselves up for success that I didn't ask before I started walking out of the bar? The Bruja are a clan, and it should please you to know they're the toughest fighters in the whole Camarilla. Are they bulletproof? They are not. Okay, good. We'll figure it out. Uh, I'll go ahead and warn you. You're going to have a hard time getting the drop on a Bruja. Hmm. Plan carefully. Are they smart? That's a loaded question, but no. What are ghouls? Ghouls are people who drink in kindred blood, but are not dead. He controls them. They're addicted to his blood. They take their orders from him. They're as mortal as you were three weeks ago. Uh, Don't worry. I'm sure you'll do fine. Okay. Hey, the worst that can happen is that you die a little bit sooner. So about this death thing, like, if we're immortal, are we really going to, like, die only if we just... Don't, you know... You've already died. We call what's waiting for you next the final death. Death okay. 2. That's crucial. Death 2. There's no coming uh, back from that. I'm going <laughs> to leave now, and I'm going to ask you, have you ever shot a gun before? Shot a straw and You tell me. It's your character. Why don't you tell me about each of you a brief story about how you got your highest trait, and you can weave into that whether or not you can fire a gun. 
I will tell you mechanically, there's no skill for it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all flavor. Mm. Boy, you're making it really hard not to metagame this. Do it. Do I? Do it for the oh, best. Extremely. So in the actual vampire system, mm. with all the skills, there is a skill for it. Mm. In this D6 quick start system, there's not. There's just a way to resolve ranged attacks, and the only effect using firearms have mm. is that bullets have plus one damage over, like, javelins or arrows or throwing knives. In full-on vampire, that would be a different answer. Firearm is plus three. Is it plus three? Yeah. This is why I write things down. Ed's, well, I was saying it's mental, so I think more of intellectual. Occasionally went out to range, just uh, really stress. Don't ask me more, because that's all I can think of right now. So what's going range? Does Edward own a firearm that he might go retrieve? Or did Edward rent one at the range when he needed In other words, was Edward the kind of guy that would take on gun ownership and cleaning it and storing it and locking it and having ammunition? Oiling it. Would he take that on as part of his hobby, or would he simply go to the range and rent a gun there? Ed saw RoboCop, and it really put the fear of God into him. So we did go purchase a gun and did shoot it occasionally. Maybe not the best upkeep, but you know it's a, it's a thirty-eight special. You don't need it's a, oh, it's a piece yeah. of metal. I gotcha. Got it. Snub nose. Yeah. yeah. So so would you go get your your gun as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So you have your weapon. Hmm. I've only done skeet shooting. I gave him the thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, thank you. you switch guns. Exactly. Yep. You take this. I've only done skeet shooting, and that was only on like a, uh, a retreat for my my corporate for my boss that I had to set up. So because I set it up, he allowed me to attend. So that's interesting. I right. sharpie on this end towards enemy on the barrel. Real quick, uh, Zep, your highest trait is psychic, and psychic. why is that? So when I think psychic, I think more of the ability to control his thoughts and mentally he can't right he just lets them go wild but he at least keep he's able to control them by keeping them on a steady path to the point where they do manifest themselves and you know he gets hives occasionally or he, he gets like a, a a little bit of a, a bout of panic stuff like that so i'm picturing the psychic as the ability is manifesting from that all right cool so you arrive at the park the park is pretty large. How might you search the park for a for an undead gathering of, you know, a revolutionary renegade kindred and his followers? So we're at, we're the, at the, the pavilion. As tables, as an overhang, a little bit of ah. little of reels that no one ever uses. Okay, so, so, so do we want to... We're still mostly human. Do we want to do the bait? Send one of us out as bait, and then the other one ambush them? Go right ahead. Or, or do we want to just, like, sneak up on them together and go... Young guns, guns blazing at them. Um, let's try to sneak up. The sneak up, okay. They're good fighters. Now, if you want to go ahead, no, I don't know about an ambush. Simply because if we go shooting and we're not on the same side, there's a very real chance that I may shoot you. All right. So sneak. For you to sneak, you'll see that stealth is in the back of the character sheet. I'm just gonna refer you to that as reference occasionally, so that you see that I am following the rules. You need to roll physical against the target's mental. Oh. Whenever you do an opposed roll, mm-hmm. the difficulty is almost always four. Very rarely will it be different. Okay. So usually, if, if we're rolling opposed, it's a four. So is one of you sneaking, or is both of you sneaking? I'd say we're both sneaking. Yeah. It's a two-roll versus one roll, where you're more likely to fail, I guess. This system is 1997, so it's before 
the notion of group checks and all that from 5th edition. Uh, D&D, I should say. 5th edition. Our physical versus their mental. Yep. Versus, um, versus the fledglings mental. Oh, okay. Get your physical dice pulled together. And let's roll. Oh boy, oh boy. I have one success. You each need to beat that. We have two successes. Two each. Alright, you beat it. On a tie, by the way, the target is suspicious, and subsequent rolls are DC3 for the target. That's With your success, you can get um, easily within firearm range but that you can both hit your target. Mm -hmm. uh, is that what you're going to do? How many fledglings are we seeing? Is there just the three? It's the one oh, fledgling the ghouls. and yeah. the three ghouls. One fledgling, three ghouls. The fledgling is the guy we're going after, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, I mean, I imagine if you kill the leader, you're going to have to kill I was about to say, let's just both shoot at the fledgling, so that way we make sure that we hit them, because there's no guarantee that we will. And then we'll be able to take on the ghouls, because, let's face it, we're, I mean, Bad we're kindred, right? And they're just ghouls. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. So why don't you both, both go ahead and shoot. Okay. Ranged okay. combat. Okay, here we go. You are at medium range, which makes it a DC4. So roll physicality. With a difficulty of four. Hopefully one of us is able to hit. Right. Let's go. Two successes. Two successes. DC four, right? For medium? Correct. Two successes. Nice. Okay. So with your two successes each, you can't dodge, can't run. Is damage, do we roll that or do we... Um... Damage. Success on a strike roll... Plus one, firearm makes it plus three. So firearm plus additional two. So two successes, two successes. Mm -hmm. So in that case, five damage, five damage. I am going to have him roll to soak that ten damage. How did we get to five? Two successes, plus three. All right, I'm going to roll his physicality to soak. DC five. Yes. So it's non-aggravated damage, so he is going to soak and make that half damage. But he does take... Five damage. So that puts him in a serious, right? Well, yes, that puts him in a serious. Hooray. He goes crazy. The dude goes into an absolute rage when he takes those shots. He points at the two of you because he very obviously saw the sparks and the smoke from your, from your guns mm -hmm. at night. And he screams to his followers, The Camarilla! Kill them! And he himself, he's so strong mm -hmm. that... Almost inhuman, he comes loping at you. To Almost attack. inhuman? Sure, inhuman. I was going to say. Uh, it, it's a human body. It's a human body, but he, he has such strength that it, it, it looks totally alien as he just comes loping at you. Mm. By entering that, that rage, I'm just going to go ahead and let you guys know he can ignore the serious, so you're going to see me roll all of his dice. That's a thing mm. that Bruja can do, oh. is they can go into it, they can spin the blood. Mm -hmm. to go into rage to ignore pain while attacking enemies in melee. Let's go ahead and resolve initiative. So wait, all of those dice? He's just rolling for normal? He's rolling as normal. Oh, okay. None of you have Hunter's Instinct. No one has Celerity. Highest physical. His physical is four. It's three. It's three. Yeah. What's your physical? Three. All right, he is going to attack first. Mm -hmm. The ghoul's physical is three. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they will attack after you. Mm. He is going to come running up on the 357. He gets plus one. I'm the 357. No, you switched. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm this one. There's 38. Roll your physical. Okay. Oh, for all that, he has two successes. I also have two successes. I also have two successes. No, 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 but he was attacking him. Yeah. Oh. Hang on to that roll. Hang on to those two successes. Yeah. Hang on to that. So, melee combat, strike, physicality versus physicality. We tie, so I'm going to say he inflicts damage. Okay. Damage is physicality, which for him is four. So it's four damage to you. This is not aggravated damage because he does not have protein claws. So uh, go ahead and roll the soak. So make a physicality roll DC five. Mm. Ah, three. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you, you soak. So it's only half damage. Two. You go ahead, mm-hmm. and then you, and then the ghouls will attack you. So that puts me in medium, so I'll... That took two damage, that puts me into medium damage, which means I can throw away one of its die. Yes. You can also shoot him at close range. What does that do? It is a ranged... It's the same as what we just did, it's just DC3 instead. Oh, uh, I cast some gun. I don't worry about it. You go ahead, and you can attack one of the ghouls. Or him. Um, if you run, sure, you can... if, If you... I imagine you guys were a bit separated to have a crossfire. Yeah. If you head over, sure, you can make it in a turn. I still want to hit him. Sure. Like my whole thing is hitting that guy. All right, are you shooting or are you physically attacking? Shooting. Sure. Okay. Hitting with a bullet. If you don't make at least one success, I'm going to have you make a second roll to see if you hit your brother. Stepbrother. 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 That's Edward, okay. Edward wants to be sure that everyone knows. Yep. Stepbrother. All right. So I'm going to run up to him and try to shoot close. Okay. That okay. Instead of just standing. In that case, it won't make you roll if you miss. Okay. DC three, two success. All right. Yeah, you hit him. So how much damage is that? Two success plus three firearm five. Another five. It kills him. Wait, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, he's dead in the wind. He is down. Unless he's so down. He. Oh yeah. Unless he sucks. Physicality. I know. No, this is I'm our. So this sorry. is all the first time in right. a new system. So sorry. We're all on the same team. Soak is a DC five, so he does not soak. Hooray! Yay! Air high five. Yeah. All right, you've killed your first vampire. What's your blood status? Uh, I only have. I have two. down three. Are either of you in hungry? No. Okay. Then we'll deal with with that other thought in a moment. Oh shit! Can we eat the ghouls? They're human, so strictly speaking. Mm. Is it tainted, though, because they've been feeding off the other? I don't think it matters. Go one. One success. One success. Go ahead and make the opposed roll, please. Oh, is it melee? Yes, it's melee. Uh, No, it's just him. Make the opposed roll. No, I'm trying to see how it works. I have one success. Okay. Ty, I take damage. Ty, you take damage. The damage is their physicality, which is three. Roll to soak. Your physicality. Roll your physicality DC five. Nope. You do not soak, so you take the damage. I take three damage. You take three damage. Goal number two. No successes. Mm. Goal number three. There's no opportunity attack. There's not. Simpler system. Two successes. Two successes. I'm about down, man. All right. So uh, again, it's three damage. Make your soak roll. Please soak. Please soak. Round up, right? Soak one. No, you soak. I soak. Yeah. So that means half damage. Any success means you soak. That means and half damage. Three damage round up to two. Two. I'm at crit because somebody pushed me off a building earlier. 
You healed up. You spent a. You, 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 we talked. I only said, did. I only did one. I only healed one. Because I'm not smart. Before we get into combat, I know. <laughs> this is on me. There are three ghouls on your brother, mm-hmm. and your brother is seriously, seriously hurt. Mm. Uh, it's now back to your turn. I'm gonna run over and cap one of them. I guess. Do that. Mm. Oh well. As a crit, that's a two sixes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, success. Mm-hmm. Um, damage is uh, five. Five, yes. Okay. On the ghouls. Mm-hmm. All right, and on a ghoul, mm-hmm. that's the ghoul. You just killed that ghoul. Two ghouls left. Your turn. All right. So you're taking a whopping minus three die to everything you do. No, I'm spending blood. Okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and spend blood and get. Um, one. Yeah. Okay, one per turn, isn't it? Spend one blood to restore one per turn. Or I can sp- spend blood to raise my physicality for a scene. I think that's what one is. Or you can do dodge. Right. And what dodge does is it gives you an additional two die to your physicality defense rolls. So you're, you're minus three plus two, so you're net only down one on physicality. Mm. So could I... But dodge is an action, right? So I couldn't combine that with my blood. Yeah, you can't you can't heal up and do that. You can just dodge. All right, I'll. Uh... So to you, you I'll, can... I'll, I'll I'll. Well, I'm trying to think. If you healed one, that would still have you a net. It's a net minus right. one. If you heal, it's a net minus two. But then they hit me once, and I'm done. Mm. Does the dodge matter if there's like three or two coming at me? Would I be able to dodge both or just one? You have the same plus two to to both attacks against you. Okay, I'll do the dodge then. Okay. So you go into dodge. So there's two ghouls now. And actually, one's going to attack you and one's going to attack you. So, this is on you. Two, two successes. successes. Yeah, I'm going to make this count or I'm dead. You're net minus one on your physicality. One success. Okay, so, so he hits you yep. for three damage. Roll the soak. I soak. You soak. So, two damage. So, I'm still down. Okay. Oh, yeah, I should probably... We got, you're going to attack. Oh, yes, yeah. I was. With two successes. Uh-huh. Make your physicality roll. Mm-mm. All right, three damage. I'm going to soak. Oh, yeah, try to soak. Yes. Okay, two damage. Well... Make your move. I shoot a gun. Okay. Cast gun. Ooh. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, I was blood to raise by which who's it for the fight. But that's an action. Oh, oh crap. I should have before this. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll know to go into a, a fight to do that next time. I'm shooting with my gun. Okay. Haha, three. They're close. Success. All right. Success. All right. Um, damage Four. is five. Four. Five, four now. One, yeah. Uh, oh, four now. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Because there's only one. He's, he's practically down. He's not dead, but he is. He is seriously wounded. Critical. He is in critical. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's good because then you can feed off him. Well, no, that means he has negative three die on right. what he does. I'm oh, that's true. And he yeah. has, but you you can never have less than one die. Oh well. Okay. Your turn. I'm torped. You're in torpor. Yeah. All right, so he is unconscious. That, that which means they're going to stop focusing on you, 
And the mm. ghoul who has one die right. is going to attack you. Three. So, nope. Cool. And the ghoul who's still totally healthy attacks you with one success. Oh, we, we still have a health one? Damn it. Yeah. So make a physicality roll. Tie. So he hits. Roll to soak. All right. So you do not soak. And you take two damage. Damn. Are you a torpor? No, I'm a crit now. Well then. It's, it's basically you and him left. And it's your move. You know, I tried the diplomacy. I should have a gun. Nope. So three. Wait, no, three's a, three's a, three hits. He's three hits. Range. He's close range. Yes. All right, you hit. Um, that's four damage. Mm-hmm. All right, he's he's crit too. So the two crit guys hmm. right, miss from the first one. Oh, miss from the second one. Oh, boy. All right, so where are you? Uh, I'm a crit. Not doing great. So you're also at a minus three. Yeah, so I have one die. Shoot him. It all, it, all, it all comes down to one roll. Well, I mean, two rolls, really, but I also have Oh, oh, look at that. There you go. All right. You, you hit the so That's one success. Yep. Plus three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're both a crit. So, yeah, you, you straight up take one of them out. The last one is going to try to flee. My main question to you is, are you going to let him? I'm taking a shot. Take a shot. I would say if, if you could feed off of him. But, I, yeah, take a shot. I mean, well, that's a six until it rolled off. Uh, I guess I miss. All right. He gets away. But... You have killed a fledgling vampire and two of his three ghouls. Listening to other actual play podcasts, I'm always surprised by the fluidity of combat, and it's never how it plays out for us at the table. Like, these guys, though, these guys are my friends. I know how these guys play. How much editing did you have to do on this? (laughs) Uh, That combat is probably a third as long as it was. I probably cut out two thirds of page flipping, looking up the rules. Um, people say you should never look up the rules at the table. I've certainly heard that sort of one size fits all advice before. And we, as a group, have never subscribed no, to it. I always look up rules. Well, at the yeah, table. And, and and I think that we do that. We pl- number one, we play a lot of new systems. That's kind of like our thing, really. And 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 when we play a new system. We spend the first, like, two or three sessions looking up rules, and then after that, we're pretty good. Yeah, like, t- talking to other players, uh, they're like, hey, what do you play? They'll be like, I play Pathfinder. I play, you know, I play this system. This is what I do. And I'm like, oh, we play a little bit of everything. That's kind of how we roll. That's- yeah. We, we, if I got you guys together for a game, your first question as you walked into my house would be, what system are we playing? <laughs> hey, what system are we playing? Yeah. Um. So how familiar were the guys with the system going into this? Did, I mean, did they bone up before or are they really no. flying by the seat of their pants? No, not at all. And, and I don't want to have, I don't want the cam- any campaign I run to have a barrier to entry where they have to do homework. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you, we usually have a book in advance or something and you would want us to read it or at least have some familiar familiarity beforehand. That's true. I used to be like that, but I'm over that now. Okay. Like homework, we said this in an early episode of RPGLL, and that's really what got me over it. Asking your players to do homework is just a little bit unreasonable it, it, for our group. We have lives. You know, I'll take on the burden of teaching you as we go. Now, look, if this were a real serious actual play where we were trying to put out this consistent, mind-blowing story of a campaign that was meaningful and had amazing character arcs and did all this great stuff, then... Yeah, everyone should do their homework and come prepared. That way you perform. It's like being an actor. You learn your lines. You learn the stuff. You learn the rules of the world. You know, 
you show up prepared. This that we're doing for RPGLL, this vampire campaign, isn't meant to be this incredibly performative, mind-blowing story. It's more of a case study and a campaign. We'll play a little bit for you. You and I talk and analyze it. We play a little more. We talk and analyze it. We're really doing a campaign case study. And what I hope people get out of this is if you have no idea how to approach stringing together several sessions into a campaign and having a relatively satisfying campaign arc, then hopefully this answers some of those questions. That's been clear from the get-go, but it's, I don't think it's been clearly articulated enough. Nah, probably not. So what I really think we need to do once this is done is it needs to be highlighted on the site as like, this is a series that we need to present to people that if you want, it's, it's, it's like a guide almost. You know, every episode in a way is a guide, but this is a series on how to do uh, a campaign and masquerade. Uh, I think when we first talked about it, the idea was how to do an actual play, but it's it's less of how to do an actual play. We, at least we talked about that before. On we, for, we had, yes. Yeah, this. That, I guess that's how I approach this. But no, it's really how to how to how to put together a campaign. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm not performative enough and I'm not enough of a writer to to be an authority on how to put together a good actual play. Like that's not our sweet spot. You're a pretty great writer. I appreciate that, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty good technical writer. I'm not a great fiction writer. Yeah, I've got one piece of fiction published ever as a short story form on a website, you know, 20 years ago. Not something, it was a paid publication, but it was a website. But uh, not a great fiction writer. And I don't really aspire to be as much anymore. I just want to help people run fun campaigns that are, are, are narrative enough and have enough, enough of an arc to be satisfying at your table, not necessarily for the entire world to listen to. Okay. I mean, I guess sort of getting back to the, the combat system. I mean, I had a question, I guess, about combat, but I, I guess I'm really more interested in like, what, how, what do you think of the combat in the system in general? Boy, um, I, I think the system struggles with combat. I don't think combat is the point of the system. I mean, so many of the powers are not combat powers, you know, dominate, presence, obfuscate. Um, they've got some combat utility. Uh, you can use, you know, dominate as sort of a, a, an impromptu hold person to use a, a D&D uh, analogy. Is it grapple? No, it's not grapple. No, uh, there is a grab. There, there are grab mechanics. There is grapple. Um, certainly there are combat mechanics and there's enough there that, you know, you can have a satisfying combat, but it, the combat is over pretty quick usually. And initiative, there's no rolling for initiative. Initiative, just you, you do these set comparisons and these set orders. And if this vampire has advanced celerity, he will always win initiative. Ah, but if this other vampire has, you know, hunters, whatever, they will always win initiative. Like, like initiative is pretty set, which in a vampire world makes sense, right? If you're a vampire and super speed is your power, no one's going to win initiative on you unless they get some kind of crazy surprise round, which the GM, the storyteller, could always rule. Yeah. So it's weird in that things that are usually rolled for are static. It's also weird. Uh, it's weird to me because ranged combat and melee combat are so different. In D&D or any D20 game... You roll a d20 to attack, you add whatever modifiers, and you compare it to either armor class or some other static defense. In Vampire the Masquerade, it's much more like Savage Worlds. There is a way to roll ranged combat where you roll against a static difficulty and you succeed or you fail. Versus melee combat, you do an opposed roll. You roll and the target rolls, and the highest roll you know, wins. So it's just a different... It's Melee combat and ranged combat are just have different mechanics entirely. A broader opinion on combat in this system 
One thing that we really learned throughout this campaign is the side that prepares wins, period. The side that uses blood and buffs their physicality, the side that activates their powers, which takes an action, before the combat, that side wins. So the side that prepares and hits first wins. This combat was really hard because Nathan and Chris didn't pause before the combat to spend their blood buffing physicality. They, they, they didn't do any of that preparation. They just sort of went in and started shooting. Thank goodness they got that surprise attack in and were able to attack first. Otherwise, they, they definitely would have lost. But combat is is very predetermined based on who's the most prepared, which perhaps is realistic. I wouldn't know. I've never been in the armed forces. But you've been in a fight. Yes, and that was much more emotional, sort of, you know, your typical high school, like emotions run over and, and shoving and pushing and all that. Um, but in true, like, mortal combat where someone's going to die and you know, weapons are involved and people are prepared, that kind of thing, in this system, the side that prepares and initiates usually prevails. So this is this campaign. It's in the books. We're, we're listening to something that's already played out, and I don't want to spoil anything. Sure. But, like, playing with these guys in the past, you know, I think especially Chris playing his uh, his usual rogue I mean, he gets really into the nitty gritty of how he to exploit everything that his character can do. And he it's just his characters are uh, they tend to be very e efficient, you know, in, in combat. Do they really do the guys ever really get into the groove of how the system works as far as combat goes. They did. As far as combat goes, yes. And there's another groove they got into that we can definitely talk about next episode um, when we get into the wonderful world of. Diablery, and I'll drop that word on you. Diablery. This Diablery starts to play a pretty important role in this campaign moving forward, starting with the next episode. And Chris really unleashes his his you know inner min maxer or his inner optimizer once that starts. Cool. Well, I can't wait to listen. Awesome. Thank you for listening. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them Lessons Learned, and we're sharing ours with you.